You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. by BingeMedia.net. I am Jack, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, the great Chad C. What's going on, man? You like me lobster, don't you? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Wrong movie, damn it. Um, oh, so, fuck. So, <laughs> uh, all right, so last time we were talking Scorsese. We started with the Scorsese shorts that are available on the Criterion channel and, I think, YouTube. Um, and then we kind of parlayed that into a Killers of the Flower Moon review. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, definitely go back, download that thing, and uh, yeah, hear hear our opinions and uh, our uh, criticisms and the goods and the bads and all that stuff. And as always, uh, trying to tie some of our movie homework subjects into modern theatrical releases. Um, right around this time of year, it's a little bit tricky depending on where you live. Obviously, award season gets tough and... Um, certain films are in limited release and they don't actually release in other places and the state of VOD is a little bit chaotic but Poor Things, the new Yorgos Lanthimos film should be in theaters right around now and we figured what better way to tie into that than with his 2015 film The Lobster um, my first Yorgos Lanthimos movie back in the day and a uh, yeah, quite a quite a ride first time I saw it so, uh, Chad what was this movie like for you first time you saw it? So this this was my first Yorgos movie also. Since I watched this, I obviously nice. went back to see Dogtooth and Alps. Um, but I mean, I I instantly thought this was just very unique. I loved the the actual like subject of it. I thought the premise was really cool, and uh, yeah, I, I remember watching this in the theater and really really digging it. And like I've never seen any of this guy's movies. I got to go do some homework now. So. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into it a bit, but yeah, I mean, Poor Things, as you're listening to this, we're in December, but it, it, it platformed last, in New York and LA last week, this week, it's I think it's going to like 10 more locations, and then the 22nd is, it's more like wide release, so it should be in theaters everywhere by the 22nd, so oh, nice. okay. as far as as far as the uh, current Yorgos movie in theaters, so. Excellent. But yeah, Excellent. Let's, Excited to talk about this one. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. So. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about it before I had seen it. A couple of friends of mine, uh, actually the two two friends that you've met, Chad, uh, they they told me that they had watched it one night and they basically turned it off halfway through and neither of them could get on its wavelength and they thought it was just a, a horrible movie at the time. Um, okay, so that intrigued me and you know made it so that I had it on my list for a long, long while. Eventually got around to it. In fact... Ah, you know what? I'm wrong. This was my second Yorgos movie. I think I saw Killing of a Sacred Deer first, and then I got to this one. Okay. Because this was part of my movie challenge a couple of years ago. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. Before we go any further down the tracks here, let me uh, let me drop a little bit of the trailer for you. And the dog? My brother. He was here a couple of years ago, but he didn't make it. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. As you understand from your brother's experience, if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn into an animal. 
Have you ever danced with anybody? Yes. As an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion. What sort of dancing did you do? Just depends on the music. Mind if I join you? It's no coincidence that the targets are shaped like single people and not couples. Very weird premise of a movie, but you, you kind of heard it all in the trailer there. Single people are forced to go to this resort. At the resort, they have 45 days to find their mate. If they cannot find a mate in 45 days, they are turned into the animal of their choosing and set out into the wild. Uh, pretty fucking bonkers. Uh, obviously allegorical. But Chad, mm-hmm. if you were in this situation, what animal are you turning into? Man, that's a good question. I thought about this a little bit. And, you know, they say the dogs, you know, that's why there's so many dogs. Everybody would be want to be a dog. But I don't think I'd want to be a dog. I would want to be like, I feel like an animal that doesn't get eaten. Mm-hmm. Something that's not, something that isn't, uh, you know, like mass produced for meat. And uh, something that's powerful. So I was thinking like a, like a fucking like horse, you know, like a stallion or something like right. that. It's, they're fast. They're, I don't know, majestic. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a decent one. They got big dicks. I don't know. Uh, what, 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 what do you want from me? What, what about you? Is it bad that that's the what? first thing I thought of? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on a podcast with me who always talks about dicks, apparently. Well, so that's not is. surprising. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> God, you know, I had it down to two options, and I really I can't decide between them. Uh Maybe I'll let you choose. So the first I thought of was like, you know, Apex Predator, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Be something that really nobody else except for maybe poachers can fuck with. Uh, so go for a tiger, right? Like classic uh, strength, right? Uh, the claws, the teeth, uh, you know, the the fur striking, as uh, Carl Spackler would say. But So maybe that. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side of the fence, I was thinking, you know, sloths probably have a pretty good fucking life overall, right? (laughs) They hang out in a tree. They just kind of grab bugs whenever. You're never in a rush. You always got a smile on your face. Who's going to fuck with you, you know? So I I don't know. One of those. What what do you think? You choose. Which one should I go for here? See, I I still feel like the sloth, though, you're going to be subject to, like, fucking, I don't know, a panther or something or a fucking Maybe. snake yeah. the trees chilling i don't know or the tiger itself could be like i'm gonna fucking eat that thing today so i, I feel like i would go with the tiger i don't know that yeah, yeah that's it's a pretty good one it's, it's it's a strong animal yeah it doesn't get fucked with like you said that, that's like the first thing i thought of like i just like i don't want to be murdered and hunted and all this shit so yeah. i guess i'll just have people ride on my back all the time uh, as a horse but yeah, what can you do Maybe it'd be the maybe it'd be the Broncos horse Thunder, you know, that runs out after they score touchdowns. You know, that would be oh, my second. Yeah, because that's definitely been the same horse forever. That's def- that that horse is going to die. He's been made in a glue no. or anything for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, no, no. All right, so dive. That's after I'm dead, though. You know, that's that's after I'm dead. The glue's made after the fact. All right, I'm I fine guess. with that. Look, whatever you got to tell yourself to sleep at night. So, um, all, right, all right, all right, all right. So your ghost, right? So th- this guy. I mean, he's been making films now for a while. Um, obviously, you know, with poor things in theaters, it seems like this has a lot of Oscar buzz and um, and all that. But, um, you know, my awareness of this guy, uh, it really started around the time The Lobster came out. I, I, I didn't know his previous films. I 
Yeah, he wasn't on my radar until this movie. Um, and one of the things that I kind of noticed right away is that he remind his style of filmmaking reminded me a little bit of uh, Charlie Kaufman by way of Spike Jones, where there was okay. there are weird elements at play, but you can't really place why they're weird. They're, they just everything's like very direct. There's no subtext and characters speak in these monotone, like breathless words and show like no emotion, but, but you know exactly what they're thinking because they're telling you all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's probably the one thing that turns people off the most about his work. Um, Like if you don't find that funny, then I can see where this doesn't, this, this style doesn't land for people. Um, Sure. But I, I think it really works for me. I like the deadpan uh, humor of it. Um, I, I like the, the the surrealism of it. Everything looks so normal, but the script and the characters make it so otherworldly. It's almost like you're watching Aliens or like a movie made by Martians that are trying to, to, to like make a movie that appeals to people or something. It's, it's tough to describe. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, he's, he's really good at writing like just the absurdist satire like i mean yes. all most of all of these movies are i mean each of these movies have an element to that even Dogtooth, if you've never seen that i mean it's mm. kind of the same same very similar type of humor and darkness but like i can totally understand why people do not get on the wavelength of, of this this style of humor right i mean it's mm. i think this movie is absolutely hysterical like i i even these watches in the past week i thought like I, I've laughed at different things that I didn't laugh at before. That I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on. But I mean, it, I think, it, yeah, I think it's a really, really funny movie overall. Uh, but yeah, okay, he's, he's a great writer. I mean, his, his writing partner too is his Ephthemus Filippo. It's like he, those two just have a, I don't know, a chemistry that you can see, and it's like they, they just, they just know exactly what movie they're trying to make, and they yeah. just set out and do it. Like it's, it's yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. So, so from a direction and writing standpoint, I think this movie is, is something like pretty unique. Um, the casting is is pretty great. You know, this is a this is a really solid cast in 2015, but in 2023, this I feel like this cast is a lot better than it was even then. Um, so, you know, obviously Colin Farrell, he's he's your main character here. Um, he's been on a run for I don't even know how long at this point. I mean the guy like rarely misses um and he makes a lot of interesting choices i i, I really like him in this olivia coleman is in this kind of before she you know wins the oscar and is in mm-hmm. uh, every other high profile project on the planet um so pretty pretty good uh, movie to for her to sort of catch a, a role in um the uh well you've got rachel vice obviously who we all know from the mummy and the fountain Leah Sadu from, you know, every French movie and a bunch of Wes Anderson flicks now. Um, ben Wishaw, John C. Riley. Uh, another guy that I wanted to bring up, uh, Michael Smiley. So this guy has popped up in a bunch of genre movies. I, I think he's in a few of the Ben Wheatley movies. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I remember seeing him in A Field in England uh, back when I had seen that. And I, have you ever seen that movie? I have, yeah. Okay, so... It's been a minute, but... Yeah, I don't remember the particulars of the plot because the movie's basically just a mushroom trip, but 
There is a moment where he is, I think it's suggested that he's like the devil and he's inside of a tent and this one guy has to go into the tent to either get information from him or like he gets corrupted by the Michael Smiley character. And the guy leaves the tent in this total fucking daze with this like disturbing music and I think there's like screaming in the background. I don't know why, but Michael Smiley, he's just always stuck out as me. Whenever he pops up in, in a bit part or something, he's just the most evil motherfucker around. Um, really distinctive face. I, I don't know. There, mm-hmm. There's a, there's something about him that just has never uh, left me since that. But Yeah, um, I mean, that's Kill List was the first thing I ever saw him in. It was Ben Wheatley and then, yeah, Field of England after that. And yeah. He's in Free Fire also. Yeah, to all, he's most of Ben Wheatley's filmography. That makes point. sense. But, yeah, he's a great actor, yeah. Yeah, if, if memory serves too, he was in that Elijah Wood movie, um, Come to Daddy. Um, oh, yes, he was. Yep, you're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got... He's I remember good. watching that right before the, the world ended in 2020. That's yeah, funny. there you go. Um, so, yeah, movie's really well cast, well written, and well directed. Um, you know, one... I, I did pull a couple of clips. One of them in particular, I think, is a good example of the sort of, like, weird, stilted, emotionless dialogue. Um and it's a good example of the, the deadpan comedy, too. So let's give this a listen. Hello. I'm the hotel manager, and this gentleman is my partner. We'd like to welcome you. You're one of the lucky ones. You have one of our superior rooms, which means you have a view. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. Very good. Now, the fact that you'll turn into an animal if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here is not something that should upset you or get you down. Just think, as an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion. But even then, you must be careful. You need to choose a companion that is a similar type of animal to you. A wolf and a penguin could never live together. Nor could a camel and a hippopotamus. That would be absurd. Think about it. <laughs> I mean, isn't it absurd that they're going to turn into fucking animals? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just weird. It's very weird, but... The concept of this movie is kind of front and center, and I wanted to ask you, what do you like? Where do you think a concept like this comes from? The, you know, the idea of like single people as as like secondary members of society, or or not having the same worth as people who are couples. Like, I, I don't know. What what do you think of that idea as as a concept? Well, I think. Even jumping to the superlatives, this is one of my age the best. Is that I mean, just the premise of the fact. I mean, it's 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 in general our couple fixated society, right? It's like, uh, you're uh, listen, okay. So most people that know me know this. When I saw this movie, I was married. I am not married anymore. I'm a single man now. Uh, but like, even since I've been divorced, most people it's just like automatic assumption of. Oh yeah, where are you looking for anything? You do like it's like always like, hey, when are you gonna when are you gonna get a girlfriend? What do you do to this? Like, I, I hear it all the fucking time now, and it's yeah. like I haven't even been actively looking for a girlfriend, but it's like right. that's just like built into our society of like that's the thing you're 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 supposed to be with someone else. You're gonna be coupled off. You got so I mean I think I, I, I don't know this movie hit me a little different sure. uh, differently this, these watches now I'm like okay all right interesting so I got a little bit more out of this. Uh, this time watching it but yeah yeah i think it's just a fantastic premise because it's just that this the satire that he's so good at and it it just really works overall in this movie i think really well so Mm. yeah i i 
he's a, he's a smart dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I'm... So, I mean, man. you know, obviously I'm on the other side of that, you know, and one of the things that I think is funny is, is you know, it's not like those inquiries stop, right? So I remember for a long time it was like, oh, when are you getting engaged? Then it was like, oh, when are you getting married? You know, now, then it's yep. like, oh, you, you know, when are you having a kid? It's, it's like people just, no matter what, even if they, if they realize it or not, they're always putting pressure on others to, to do the next thing, regardless of whether or not they know anything about the situation or feel it's the right move for them or wh- whatever it may be. And the thing that I like about this movie and the way that it uses that premise is there's no emotion in anything here. You know, that we even see a couple that, you know, the, the, the man manufactures his uh, situation, right? Like <laughs> the Ben <Yeah>. Wishaw character... <laughs> He realizes he's running out of time, so he just makes up some shit, slams his face into a table a few times to <laughs> manufacture a bloody nose, and then just matches up with the girl with the bloody nose so that he doesn't get turned into an animal. Um, nope. it, it's this like transactional thing that I think is so... Uh, it's funny. It's kind of like dystopian. It's a little bit disturbing. Um, but I, I really like uh, the ways that they they sort of utilize uh, aspects of that. Um, yeah, well, we'll see even even too, though, that that, that exact Ben Wishaw premise of, you know, huh, I got to I got to go out of my way to find things to that. I am, you know, having common with this person. But that I mean, dating apps, that is essentially what those fucking are. Right. It's like yeah. you can lie about yourself all you want on there. You don't have to be honest. Right. You can you can you can say whatever pretty much anyone wants to hear in order to meet someone or do that. I mean, so, I mean, it, yeah, this movie was a little bit even ahead of its time. I feel like the, the dating apps are kind of really kicking off. Right around this time, like Tenders and the Bumbles of the World and all those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's weird. It's weirdly very accurate how spot on a lot of a lot of this stuff is for for being a single person. Now it's it's pretty funny actually. So yeah, yeah, um, nope. yeah. I, I, sorry, <clears throat> sorry, something caught in my throat. Um, so with the Colin Farrell character. Um, and I, the characters, I, I'm referring to them by actor names because they all have like weird names. It's like John C. Riley is the lisping man. You know, Ben Wishaw is like the limping man. It's just, okay. Like, well, the, the, well, the I characters think don't mean anything. Those, those three are the only three that have names, right? The John, yeah, Robert, and they, David, the, the rest of them are all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is, and they're the most basic, plain, normal names, right? John, yeah. John, Robert, David, everybody's got those names. Well, they're, they're referred to, they refer to each other by name, but if you look in the cast list, I'm pretty sure they're uh-huh. all just like, you know, loner father or lisping yeah. man or like loner loner's wife or something just like fucking yeah strange. nosebleed woman uh right. short-sighted short-sighted woman is Ra- rachel vice's character yeah 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 just really interesting but um but yeah so other things that i i really appreciate about the way that the movie plays with sort of like the allegory of modern relationships and dating um the fact that you spend this chunk of time at the at the resort and the hunt is this activity they all participate in where they go out and they hunt single people who are living in the forest and that buys them <laughs> extra days at the resort. That's fucking nuts. But um, the funny thing to me about all that is that when Colin Farrell eventually leaves and goes to the forest people, 
they also have this whole set of the like opposite rules where yep. you <laughs> are not supposed to have a mate or you're not supposed to find anybody. And if you have any romantic in- attachments, then we'll torture you in cruel and unusual ways. And you have to dig your own grave. And then if you get injured, you have to crawl into it and die. <laughs> Just like, yeah. what is it? What are they called? The red kiss in the, in oh the red God. intercourse. <laughs> Oh, it's just just awful. But but yeah. Um so what what did you think of the Rachel Vice performance? So so for me, I'll set the table with this. First time I saw this, her narration to me was some of the funniest shit in the movie. Um I still feel that way. I don't know how I feel about her acting in this though. I I think it's almost artificially bland. And it's tough for me to explain, I guess, but I don't know. what. Hmm. Did you have any strong opinion one way or the other on, on her? I, I would I would tend to agree with the narration. It, I think all of her stuff is pretty funny in that regard. Yeah. And it, I'm kind of hit or miss when it comes to narration. I mean, it can really take me out of it and I can just be like, fuck this movie. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good Good here. Uh, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't really have a problem with her performance, I don't think. Hmm. No, I, th- I didn't really even notice anything, to be honest. Uh yeah, I, I thought she was fine. I think I think I read in the trivia that she... I mean, what, she doesn't even show up until like an hour into the movie, and then right. she's... I think she only shot for like a week or something like that is what I was reading, so... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, did, I didn't... I don't know. That didn't really... Didn't really Register. hit with me, but... No. I, I'm i I'm more on the Leah Seydoux. I don't... I've never really been a big fan of her. Mm. Uh, she's more like Leah Seydoux. <laughs> oh, oh, um no, yeah, I don't know. If we're going with the two female lead performances here, I guess she was the one that I wasn't necessarily feeling. But no, I didn't. I don't know. Rachel didn't didn't stand out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to think of some of the other details at the the first section of the movie though that that like really threw me off. So, you know, obviously the maid character being this like double agent is a fun little detail. But also, like, the fucked up things that happen there where, you know, every night she's supposed to come in and, like, r- like rub on Colin Farrell's dick for some yeah, reason. Grind like, on, yeah. Right. So, like, how fucked up that is. She's supposed to do that. But he's just <laughs> supposed to, like, deal with it. And I guess the theory is that it's supposed to help him have, like, a sex drive to find a partner. Um, That's right. It's just fucked a porn up. dog walking around that hotel. <laughs> just fucked up. And, and the funny thing is, like, she stops and he's like, can you just go a little bit longer? <laughs> She's like, no, that's it. I'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, oh, that is that is awful. That is the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll, we can touch on it now. So for for this type of premise in theory, you would think that this is like a sci-fi movie, right? Just in general. But like, how do you feel about the fact that you never see any of the transformation? It's just kind of touched on or just it's just left to your own device. Like, oh, you know, when he, of course, the heartless woman, he ends up getting some revenge on her a little bit. And it just says, right. oh, I never told me what animal. I, 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 I like that, that it, nothing is kind of touched on with that at all. It's just yeah, this person's last day and then the next day you see them and they're a fucking little short donkey or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, um, yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't necessarily need to see that in this movie. I, I think that this is such a wonky premise that um, uh, sort of avoiding getting into like sci-fi trappings and the details and, and all that... I don't think that the story needs it. And frankly, 
I'm totally fine with the way that it's presented here. Um, I think that if you have a different director, then that aspect of the movie is the whole story. Um, Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're like the guys who made primer, right. Or was Shane Carruth, right. Or, um, you know, if Terry Gilliam made this movie, that would be the movie is the transformation of people to animals. Like that's, that would be your story. Um, So I like the fact that, this is allegorical. It sort of stays focused on the relationship stuff. I like the, you know, there, there are some, um, parallel concepts throughout the movie, parallel themes. So for instance, the hotel manager and the hotel manager's partner, he's presented with this choice of, you know, either, either kill her or kill yourself kind of thing. He (laughs) decides to pull the trigger on her the gun is empty and, you know, Leah Sadu's character is just trying to prove that these relationships are bullshit. You don't actually care about each other. And this is all a farce. Um, the thing that I like about that scene is that it kind of directly informs the final scene of the movie where Colin Farrell essentially is being put with, he's being presented with like a similar choice, right? So the idea is, he can stab himself in the eyes <laughs> in a fucking bathroom stall <laughs> to blind that. himself uh, so that he can be just like his new partner, uh, Rachel Weiss, the, you know, the, the nearsighted woman. Um, but he's, he's essentially doing the same thing, right? Like he's, he's in a position where he doesn't have to stab himself in the eyes and he could just never tell her that anything's any different and he could have her as his partner and his eyesight rather than actually commit to being with her and doing the right thing. Um, not that it's the right thing, but like he's, he, he said he would do it. So, you know, that like he's, he's making a, a, a choice here. Right. Um, I kind of like that. I like the, 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 the allegorical stuff the most with this movie. And I think it's why I can really see this movie having legs. I, I mean, I know that it's not, necessarily talked about all that often um you know maybe the poor things title wave if this movie is as good as people are saying it is and it gets a lot of buzz people will go back and reevaluate some of his earlier stuff um but i i think that this movie is pretty well well well-rounded it feels like even in 20 years this would still be pretty relevant um and it, it kind of avoids using modern technology of, of any kind. So I don't think there's much in here that would date this film either, which is nice. Um, No, not at all. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even, yeah. Didn't even think about that, but yeah, there's no phones or any of that that I can think of. Yeah. I mean, you see some sailboats, you see, uh, you know, inside of a mall. So maybe there's, there's one or two things there that may throw it off, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I can't think of much else there, but, um, all right, man. Uh, the only other thing we didn't talk about because I forgot to mention it was uh, like, do you have any box office information for this? Ooh, yes, I do. So this had a really weird release pattern. I do remember this kind of because it, it it came out fall of fifteen at the at um, like TIFF and all the ward circuit festivals and everything, and then it didn't end up going like wide in the states until like spring of 16 so it was like april may is actually when it was released but it ended up grossing nine million domestic which is all right for a and 
I guess yeah, you would. This is an A twenty four picked it up for distribution yeah. in uh, in the United States, but eight million internationals and seventeen worldwide. So that's it's, it's solid for uh, this type of movie. Got nominated for best original screenplay at the Oscars that year as well. So mm. not an official weird like yeah, the, the release date was just all over the place. So it's not really one concrete date on there. Yeah, but, I, f- I feel um, like it's just so typical of, of so many movies that come out this time of year. It's I've been yep. saying it for years, but it's always been tough in uh, my neck of the woods to see a lot of this stuff when it actually drops. But but that's okay. Right. We'll find a way. So. so, okay, I have a... Before we move on to the superlatives, I have a couple things. Um, for me, I mean, I, I really like this movie, but I love the first hour of this movie. Mm-hmm. I think once they get to the woods, it loses a little bit of steam for me. Did you feel that at all, or like how? Where where did you feel like with the with the two separating? Like, is the first where you get so much just thrown at you? It's a lot of like this is what it is. This is yeah. like setting setting the stage for everything. But then yeah, we jump yeah. into the woods, and then it and it turns into a different movie a little bit. I think there's something inherently interesting about the resort because it's so similar it, it's it looks like a, a regular resort like there's nothing odd about it and i feel like the first hour i'm looking for details to tell me like what the fuck's going on here is this like a government program or or you know like why is this set up this way it's just so foreign to anything that i know or am aware of i think it, it, you know it, another example of that in in the first half they have like a gala there's like a ball right a dance that they have uh-huh. And it goes yeah. through this entire scene, and at the end of the scene, they open the windows, and you find out they did this in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's just, yeah, how, like how fucking manufactured is all this, sh- and why? You know, <laughs> um, I think in the second half, you get the flip side of all of that, where I'm still wondering why, but I'm in such a less interesting environment. Um, obviously, everybody's wearing ponchos and like. They're all survivalists. They're all in the woods. And Got their disc wins with electronic music. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there, there are elements of it that are less compelling. At the same time, the electronic music thing. I mean, that scene where they're all dancing separately, but together to that is fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I, I, I think I agree with you. There is definitely an energy shift in the second half. Um, I think it picks back up for the finale, um, but yeah, there's yeah, there's I agree, I agree. Yeah. There's something about that sort of like you know end of second act into third act break that is a little uh, I don't know. It's not as interesting to me. So I, I yeah, it gets kind of flips. To, I don't know. The tone just kind of flipped a little bit. It, it just wasn't yeah. as in, it's not as interesting. I think as that first part, but. Yeah, and I think maybe it's just because I think a lot of the some of the filler stuff of like going to the city multiple times. It's like, all right, maybe just we get to trim ten, fifteen minutes off it or something with that. But I I agree. Once once we hit or once they take uh, Rachel Weisz's character to the city to you know have her eyes done, then yeah, that, 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 from there on out, it's it's pretty firing again. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just noticed that this time a lot that I'm like, oh, kind of a different different movie uh, as it gets to the woods, but. Um, okay, let me see what else I have here in the writing. Um, all right, maybe that's it. Maybe that's all I have. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Violin music. What did you think about... I mean, because this really does not have much of a score. It is the... Dun, 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 over yeah. and over and over. Did that Did that wear on you at all? Because a lot... 
some of the stuff I saw online, people fucking hate that, which I didn't even really pick up on until these watches. Would. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't hate it. Um, it didn't really stand out to me one way or the other. The music in this movie, I'm pretty sure, is like stock classical music. Uh, like, I've heard it elsewhere. So yeah, it, it works fine here. Um, I don't know what kind of music I would have scored this with. When I think about this movie, I think about, and it, it has everything to do with the trailer too, or, or, or the uh, the poster too. But I just get this image of like stark white nothingness, you know, it just like absolutely plain Jane vanilla all the way. And it's it's almost like he kind of strips the movie of style. It, it, he doesn't actually do that. It just it comes across this way to me, where. He just wants you focused on the the characters and the script and no distractions. I think that kind of works. I think that maybe there is a score that could have been put into this that would have achieved the same thing, though. So, yeah, I'm okay with the music. Um, it didn't bother me, but it, I don't think of it at all when I think of this movie. So it's kind of unmemorable no. in that way. Yeah. No. I would agree. I, I just thought that was kind of funny because there's like you see Reddit or things like this fucking violin. I hate it. Like I don't know. I just didn't pay attention yeah. to it until these watches. Like oh okay, I guess I can see where that is the same repetitive thing over and over and over. But yeah, I've definitely you? heard worse scores in movies. Put it that way. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But right. I think that's uh, all I had. Yeah. All right, we can we can jump into superlatives. So. We'll kick it off here. The Cupka. That's that, dude! All right, this is the scene stealer or cameo. Um, I actually, I was, I, I sort of preempted this before, but I actually put down Michael Smiley for mine. I, there's something about the look of this guy, his voice, his his performances. He's got a ton of presence. Um, I don't know. I just, he shows up on screen, I get worried. It doesn't matter if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He just always seems menacing, dingy. Uh, like kind of a low life, no matter what role, what the role is. Um, mm-hmm. I just like this this guy. I think he's a cool character actor. So he's my uh, scene stealer. I went with Farrell. I I I, right. I think this might be my favorite performance of his. I really? just I just yeah, dude. I just love his deadpan delivery. I think he's just perfect for this role. Like he just he saw the material. He knew he put forty pounds on for this movie. Yeah. He's I did yeah. I, it really really works for me. I mean I love in in Bruges is probably my favorite movie he's done. But like I I just I love this performance. I think it's it's really good. That's that's where I went. I, yeah. I wanted to go John C. Riley, but I, uh, he, I think he's pretty good in this movie too. But Riley's Riley; he's kind of that same comedic character in every movie. But it works yeah. here too. So, yeah. All right. Ooh, damn! I have fallen apart over here. Excuse me. Okay, the next one, <laughs> the Valley. Wow! Fucking on, what it, the fuck! Punchable face. Who do you have for this? So, all right. Let me preface this with: I would never hit a woman. <laughs> But it's more of the character decision, and it's not punchable face. It's like the decapitated head is what I want to do. No, I just kind of want to kill this person. Uh, It's the heartless woman, and it's because she kills the fucking dog. You can't do that shit. It's not going to sit well with me. And then having to see the dog there, and she's like, I kicked it. It was just making these noises. Fuck this chick. (laughs) I want to punch, slap, kill, all of the above. But this is, she's she's one of the daughters in Dog Tooth, if you haven't seen that. So it's like I instantly recognized her from 
Yorgos's previous work after revisiting this one. So, yeah. What about you? What'd you have? Um, so I put down the hotel manager's partner. The actor's name is Gary Mountain or Montaigne. Yeah. Um, oh. This dude is just a, you know, <laughs> he's just pathetic. I don't know how else to describe it to you. Um, he just looks like he has been beaten down in life emotionally. He is stunted as a man. And maybe if somebody had beaten the shit out of him when he was like 16, 17 years old, he would have stood up for himself once and he wouldn't be in the predicament he's in where he's uh, singing crude, crude or du- duets at like fake fucking gala balls. So <laughs> I'm going with him. He looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, he's, he's, he does. Got some, he's got some unique features for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. The Ammon. Tell me something about something I was reading about. This is best quote or, or you know best use of uh, best use of language here. Um, I went with a line that made me laugh the moment that I heard it. I don't know how I missed this the first time I saw the movie, but um, it's the hotel manager, and she says, "If you encounter any problems you cannot resolve yourselves, you'll be assigned to children. That usually helps." <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, that's uh, it's pretty good. I had that was one of my two I had written down as well. But I'll go with the other one though. So <laughs> it's just it's fucking me. What do you want from me? It's 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 uh, the loner leader saying, "Where were you? I was looking for you." And he was like, "I was masturbating behind those trees over there." <laughs> I don't know. It just it just made me laugh, and it's just funny because it's that she lays it down that you can masturbate, you can do whatever you want here essentially, and. Yeah, he was just, that's all he was doing. He wasn't talking to the short-sighted woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right on brand for you. So, that being said... I know this is a hot take. Most entertaining scene. What do you have? So, I went with my most entertaining... This is, I think, the most funny scene. It is where... Uh, Farrell is with the... David is with the heartless woman, and they run into... Uh, John and his wife, or his his new boo and the kid, and the kid comes up to him and he's like, give him a hug. She goes to give him a hug and he instantly like, kicks her and he's like, get away from me, little girl. Right. Uh, I, I fucking bur- burst out laughing each time. <laughs> I think it's still fucking hilarious. So that's what's what what's the line? He says something like, oh, now you have a limp just like, now your little girl's yeah, limp just you like you limp. or something. Yeah, now you have a limp just like your dad or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What a so weird good. piece of shit. Don't cry. Yeah, it's what it is. He says, don't cry, little girl. Now you have a limp just like your father. <laughs> um, I I actually picked out the scene where John C. Riley and Ben Wishaw fight each other. <laughs> it's, mm. it's it's so awkward. It's a good one. And, and it just, like I said about the other shit in this movie, it's just emotionally stunted in this. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it, it's almost like you have an emotional blocker on I, it, it's just so odd. It's so odd, but yeah. Well, yeah, uh, and it's, it's right after they both open up and say, he's like, oh, I'm going to be a parrot and I'm right. going to be a lobster. He's like, we should all be parrots together. We can be together. It's like, you pick the one bird or animal that can talk with a lisp. It's fucking good. Right. Uh, right. It's great. I love it. And then he's so just funny. like, you, you, you two are pathetic, you know, all that shit. <laughs> um, it's like, okay. Yep. Um, all right. The TM. I mean, Wow. What's held up the best or the worst? Um, I, I have to say the tone of this movie to me has held up the best. I I remember seeing it and, you know, responding to the movie thinking that it was funny at the time. I think it's actually funnier now on, on a rewatch. 
Um, Agree. But yep. but I just I, I I don't know. I've I've never. I don't know of another movie like this one. And I, I say that in the most complimentary way possible. Like, I don't, I think this is truly a, like a, a unique style of filmmaking. And, um, yeah, I just, I, 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 I really respect the guy for that. Yep. Um, I, I said, I, I think the, the premise just in general, with a couple fixated, uh, you know, society we live in, but it's just the humor. The comedy holds up so well. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's just so funny. I, 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 yeah, this is one of the more funny movies. I, I, as opposed to, you know, your basic normal standard like studio comedies, this is not the traditional type, but I, I think I've laughed more during these <laughs> rewatches this week than I have in yeah. a while. So yeah, I think it's very funny. Nice. All right. The PMC. <laughs> best use of music chad did you have anything for this i mean i've got to go with something's got a hold of my heart that fucking scene with the guy it's just so ridiculous and they're just dancing together and i mean the whole scene in general is just like you said they fucking pull the curtains the daylight there's the dancing she's bleeding on his shirt at one point i mean that scene is pretty great too but uh yeah that's what i did I, when, it's hard to pick a different musical scene than the right. <laughs> over and over so i went with the that. Um, <laughs> the nosebleed woman explaining all the ways to get blood out of a shirt is, <laughs> is like yep. manic and fucked up and weird but also funny <laughs> um so that's pretty good um I didn't have anything for this because I could not think of anything that stood out. Then you just mentioning that scene, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, that would be the pick. So yep. technically I didn't have a pick, but had I thought a little longer, I probably would have gone with the same one you did. So um, Very nice, very nice. All right, the PJ. Dynamite drop in, Monty. Any potential casting swaps? So I actually thought of adding a little different sort of star power into this movie somewhere and i decided i was going to replace the ben wishaw character now i should say that is not because i think he's bad i actually think he's very good in this um i think ben wishaw is a a bit of an underrated talent I, i think that he needs to be cast in the right projects but i've liked him ever since i saw him as bob dylan and i'm not there um He's obviously great as Q in the in the Bond movies. Um, I, I just I just like the guy. I, I don't know. I I feel like he's one or two roles away from from being like just borderline a list. Um, but if I was going to swap somebody, I chose his character. And the one thing that I think is is kind of missing here, and I I, I can see why it's done this way. It's done on purpose because obviously the single people are not going to be the most attractive or desirable people. However, I think it would be funny if there was one that was more attractive, and it kind of made you wonder how the fuck he ended up here. I was thinking Ryan Gosling in this role could be kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe this is just like we're, we're in the post-Barbie glow of it all, but mm-hmm. seeing his comedic chops in that makes me think that I, I would like to see him deadpan in this movie in that role. Um, I think it could be a different kind of performance different kind of energy um and i think the movie might have benefited from it so i like it i like it i i, I originally had wishaw being replaced with hiddleston oh okay same same thing same thought but i was reading some trivia right before we got on and i couldn't think anything else so elizabeth olsen was originally offered the part of 
the the loner leader Leah Sadu's part, and I think she would have been great oh. in that. So I was like, oh shit, that would have been the swap. But I also read Jason Clark was originally cast in Colin Farrell's part in this movie, but had to drop out right before they like huh. got going with it. So that would have been a whole I don't know, totally different movie yeah. a bit. But yeah, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Elizabeth Olsen as the loner leader, I think, would have been really cool. So that was that was mine. You know what's funny about this movie is the more that we're talking about it, the more I'm kind of feeling like this could be a play. This this could be yeah. very easily could be a play, and you could see like different iterations of it through the years. Um, like I can, I can see all of those casting swaps being good in this movie. Um, in fact, you you just made me think of another one. Um, the 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 loner leader. Uh, why couldn't that be Elizabeth Moss? You know, that, that might be interesting yeah. too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I don't know what that says about the acting that I could see so many people playing these roles. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, last thing here is the uh, extra credit. If you were going to swap somebody in the film with a binge staffer, who would it be? Um, I, I had one thought. It made me laugh. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but I don't care. Um, I'm going to gender swap the maid, and I'm going to make it Ammon. Uh, <laughs> I, there's something funny about Ammon just, you know, with, back in his uh, fucking dreadlocks days, electronic dancing in the middle of the woods. Uh, I just, I got to see mm, that. So. Okay. You don't want to see him grinding on on Colin Farrell's I mean, jock, is what you're saying. Look, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna make any uh, judgments here. It's 2023. You know, free people can do what they want. So that's that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I went with me here. Okay, you know. Oh boy, I'm single now. You know, throw me at the hotel. I've never put myself in one of these. Why the fuck not? Let's go. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what I can do in 45 days before <laughs> I get turned into a goddamn horse. Okay. Let's see. Let's see how good my hunting skills are in those woods and golfing by myself and, you know, <laughs> all that fun stuff. Hilarious. That's what I got. I like so, that. okay, actually, I, I found one other thing I had written down here. So, oh, yeah. uh, the nosebleed woman, her best friend ends up, you know, they ride it out together. She doesn't find anyone, and she gets turned. But the last day, she gets asked what she wants to do, and she says, I want to watch Stand By Me as my last movie. What are you picking, Mr. Falvey? If you're oh. if you before you get turned into a tiger, is there a movie that you are picking that you're like, all right, this is my one one final time I'm gonna watch this as a human? What's it gonna be? Oh my god. Um Huh. That oh, that's a complicated question to answer. Um <laughs> putting you on the spot. You know what? I'll probably watch Shoa, the fifteen hour Holocaust documentary. <laughs> Because first of all, I would get as much time as possible. And second of all, there are really no circumstances under which I'm ever going to watch that anyways. So might as well just force myself to do it as my last film. So Go out out with a a long one? No, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. How about you? You have a a pick for that? Sorry, I just hit a a pipe too hard. Uh, um, um, Dude, I was thinking another, like, a, a longer one also, but... I don't know. I was just thinking about like I can't I can't pick Pulp or any of the the usual suspects. I, I was leaning like Godfather. Just, can I do sure. the, like one and two? Can I do one and two together? You know, you could do, do the Godfather epic, which was edited together that, with one and two. 
Okay, so there you go. That's my pick. Yeah, I get them both. So I can, right. same thing, a longer longer movie, I get to stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. And that's movie as an animal, if I'm walking by, I'm probably not just going to be laying there watching or something. I don't know. I, we'll, I feel like my dogs still watch a lot of shit when I'm watching stuff, so I don't, I guess a dog would have been a better pick for if I'm still trying to watch movies and shit. Maybe. But what are you going to do? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, but we're both thinking the same thing. Extend the time as much as possible. So, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm into it. All right. All right, man. Um, I think it's time for final grades here. Um, I will, uh, I'll kick this off. Um, so first time I saw this, I liked it. Second time I'm seeing it, I still like it. Um, I think that this is a really interesting, really like high quality script. I don't know. I, I was more impressed with it the second time as a, as, as like a very solid allegory. I, I, Stand by what I said before. I think this movie has legs. I think it's going to be around for a long time. Um, whether or not people appreciate it now, uh, I think it's irrelevant. I think that every you know couple of years, the if people kind of rediscover this thing, I don't see why this wouldn't be seen as some sort of like modern classic. Um, that being said, I, I I can't say that this is a favorite movie of mine. I, I think it's really well made. I think it's funny. I think it nails this like really specific absurdist tone that I, I got to say I haven't really seen anywhere else. Um, and I think it has a lot going for it. Um, but it's not a movie that I'm going to rewatch a whole lot. Uh, so for all of that, I think this movie's going to be a very respectable B, um, which is a recommendation. So what do you have? Definitely. So... I, I really liked this movie. The first time I saw it, I've watched it, I don't know, this is probably my, I don't know, a handful of times at this point. And I still really like it, man. I, I Like I said, I think I, I laughed a lot during these watches this week. And I can't say that for most movies, so I can't give this anything less than an A-. minus. I think, yep. yeah, I think... Uh, it's, I really love Killing of a Sacred Deer also, which is his movie after this couple of years, and it's really fucked up. A lot, not not nearly as funny. <laughs> it's a different movie. Right. But, yeah, I think this is probably my favorite Yorgos movie. Um, I've seen four things, Bragging Camp over here. But this, yeah, it just, this, this one just works, I think, in, on most levels. And maybe it's because I'm single now that this one just, it really hit a little different this time. So... Yeah, I can't give this less than an A minus. That's that's where I'm at. Bam, nice. done. All right, yep. very interesting. Yeah, this is a guy who I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm waiting for him to make his his like masterpiece movie for me. Um, sure. I don't know if that'll be that'll be four things or the next one he makes or whatever. But he's not. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Where no, where do you did you did you like the favorite? Did you see the favorite? Where do you stand on that? I one? did. I, I thought the favorite was good, but again, it's not really my style. Like I, I think yeah, it's I really agree. well made. Uh, yeah. It's funny. It, I can understand why people like it as much as they do. I I don't have any complaints about it. I I think there's a difference between like respecting that a movie is really good and and like really loving a movie. And the favorite kind of sits yeah, yeah. in a pocket of like yeah, that's I, I could that's a great movie. I I I totally get that. But for me, I'm not. I'll probably watch that like one more time before I die. You know, I'm not, I'm not like yeah. Yeah, to yeah. go and check that out. Again. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but yeah, for 
that that movie though i think is kind of what elevated him to because i mean that was nominated for everything that's the movie that olivia exactly. coleman won the oscar for that you just mentioned earlier right. um yeah and now poor i mean poor things is going to get nominated for a ton and i i don't i don't think that poor things is that movie that you're talking about it's still yeah. a very good movie but yeah i think that it's kind of on the same wavelength of a yorgos movie it's weird as shit and yeah. i think that i it has the most nudity of any movie i've seen like commercial uh, like a, a a movie that's going to be playing in theaters in a long time like 10 yeah. 15 years probably so he's he's got it is weird though that he kind of broke through with with the critics and everything in america because uh, his style is weird and there's a lot of nudity and there's a lot of weird shit in his movies and the elements and it, it, it is weird that it's it, it kind of crossed over it and it's now very popular almost in right. a way like being in yeah all these oscar noms is, yeah it's strange but hey i'm here for it so yeah, the weirder the better, I guess. So um, I'm all about that. So yeah, um, but I, I, he's just. I guess what I was saying is, he's not. For me, he's not in like the PTA, Nolan, Cohen Brothers, Tarantino. T- eh, Tarantino's higher than those guys, um, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. Like the modern, yeah, yeah, yeah. auteurs, yeah. like the Eggers, um, the 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 Ari Aster. Like I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting for his one movie that I really connect with. Um, and, and that's, okay. again, like I said, everything I've seen from him, I've liked Borderline Loved. It has nothing to do with, like, the quality of what he's making. I, I just think that I need him to make the movie where I walk into it and I'm like, okay, you made that one for me and I get it. And that's fucking great. So the, I think the day that he nails one of those, I'll be uh, I'll be fully on board with the guy. But I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting for that movie, so... Maybe it's his next one. It's I think it's called Same. The Kind of Kindness. It's it's an anthology movie. It's got a big cast. Plemons, Emma Stone. So maybe it's that one. We'll see. Yeah, anthology movies. I don't know. There, there hasn't <laughs> been a really great one in a while for me, but we'll see. But all right. Um, the uh, usual uh, nonsense. Now uh, we got to talk about what we're going to be doing next time. Now we're we're getting close to the end of the year here, but we've got. Some interesting theatrical releases. So, Chad, what are we uh, what are we doing for a tie-in next? So, Michael Mann is returning to theaters with Ferrari in a few weeks without a driver. So, I feel like we talked before, Eric. We, we've done a lot of movies we both have seen multiple times, or one of us has seen. I wanted to go in maybe blind on the next one. It's been a while since we've done it. So, neither of us have seen 2015's Black Hat, Chris Hemsworth. So, I think that is the pick. We're going to go with that one. So, excellent. Get your movie homework in. Yes, and we're gonna. I think we'll, we'll agree to do the probably the theatrical cut. I know that they just released a director's cut that's been uh, spoken about a lot, but um, I think it's only released on UHD. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. So, um, okay, it probably makes the most sense for us to do theatrical. Uh, if I can get my hands on the you know the UHD Blu-ray, and, and you know maybe you can do the same. Uh, maybe we could do a comparison, but let's just, you know, for sure we'll talk about the theatrical. So. Love it. Yep. All right. Do it. All right. Uh, the usual rundown, bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. You can email us there with uh, suggestions, questions, comments, uh, complaints, really anything you want to do. And you can follow Binge Media at Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and Facebook. And obviously Patreon, we still have the $5 tier that gets you the additional uh, movie commentaries and uh, the monthly polls and all the good stuff that we're doing over there. So, um, Chad, anything else you got for the people? Got nothing, man. All right. I'm saying peace.
See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash binge media, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Bingemovie.